Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to Two Wheels and Hogtails with Wally and Zoe and Salty. Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 32-year-old from London, Ontario. His hockey journey took him to Canada, the USA, England, Scotland, and Wales. He was an EIHL second team all-star like yours truly. I think the same year. Challenge Cup champion with the Nottingham Panthers. A Kelly Cup champion. Hoping he went to the Lonnie Kai. Amassed 138 points in 140 EIHL games played. And, folks, 293 penalty minutes. That's, that's, that's for the kids and the fans that love fights. And he is probably... The best looking hockey player I've ever played with. Welcome to the podcast, Lee Salters. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, honestly, I feel like honored to be on here now with all the guests you guys have had on here and oh, some dude. of the stories. And I love it, man. I, I listen to it quite regularly. And awesome. Uh, thanks for having me. No, dude, I, 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 I love to hear when people listen. Like, I really do. Like, because, like, I do love doing this and it's a passion of mine. And when, I know the memories it's brought back for me. So like when I hear my buddies are listening and they say, oh, do you remember this? Or do you remember that? Like it just, it's all flooding back to me. And I'm just, it makes me happy when people are listening. And that's what you remember, man. It's, it's not like the, you know, backdoor pass you're making and, you know, scoring a goal. It's the, it's the stories, it's the shenanigans in, in the room or like on the ice that, uh, you know, obviously, you know, carry on in the, in the friendships and, you know, so oh. it's a little bit sentimental, but that's true. So. Yeah, no. So um, I guess I'll get into how we know each other, which is it starts off a little bit with um, the opening segment there with Zoe. If that did record correctly is uh, uh, Lisa's gone for the weekend on a girl's trip and I got the kids and, uh, you know, we've made a deal that they are big enough and we've made a fort in my bedroom and uh, we're all going to sleep at this fort in our room. And but the only deal is, is that they actually have to go in there and go to bed so dad can podcast now because it is 830 at night and it's bedtime. So um, we'll see how this goes. Um, but uh, part of that is because you were um, very close with my daughter, which um, you've babysat for. Her, but like every time we would go to the bar or not that we went that often, but if we went for a couple afternoon pops, she'd be scared of Hendo and his beard, but she warmed <laughs> right up to you. Like you got, she'd be sitting on your lap all the time and she'd be scared of every other guy at the table. Yeah, we, uh, we kind of hit it off right from the get go. And um, I remember that. And she always had the, you know, cutest little smile. And, you know, I haven't seen her in 
I don't know, what is that, six years, seven, five years? She's six, six years now, now, and she yeah. was, like, born the, the first year. So, yeah, she was, she was, like, about turning one throughout that year, right? Like, she yeah. turned one in February that year. So, yeah, like, she was very young, and, like, you guys did hit it off, and then, like, I'd hang out with Hendo, and yeah. he would just look at her, and she'd scream. <laughs> She'd be, yeah, she wouldn't be happy with Hendo. There was that, yeah, it had to have been that great big beard. He had a mop on him too, right? So he, uh, or maybe because he was about 16 pints deep at the time too, slurring his words. One of the, one of the three things. Anyway. But, oh uh, dear. Yeah. No, but you guys did hit it off at like when Colby had been on for Hendo and they had hit it off. And then I was like, Zoe, like Salty's coming on. She's like, yeah, like I want to do it. I'm like, Colby, you good with setting this one out? He's like, yeah yeah i'm fine with it and uh like zoe wanted it she she wanted to say hi she wanted to i had shown her the pictures of like her as a baby sitting on your lap at all the different <laughs> pubs in town <laughs> yeah salty on babysitting duty there i didn't mind it man she, she was uh she was an awesome little girl and i'm sure she is now still right but uh, uh she no she's a she's a handful there's some wally yeah. in her there's also some lisa <laughs> in her she's a real mix of the two of us so oh yeah um how we know each other is we were supposed to be line mates the 2015-16 devil season and we played about like a preseason or two game together and then i battled for a few games and that was that you battled injuries that year too so it never did happen but you were supposed to be the big left winger that went to the net hard and made space and I was going to be the right winger and it sounded like it made a lot of sense on paper and then we just never did play together yeah I mean uh you know, even from the year before playing you guys, I remember you and, you know, playing, you know, you know, you, we only played each other, what, two, four times, something like that, two at home, two away when I was in Brayhead, you know, excited with, you know, even in the pregame or preseason when, uh, you know, Lord was telling me who I'm playing with. I'm like, all right, right on. You know what I mean? Playing with like another guy who was on the all-star team and, you know, I remember playing against you and a, you know, guy that, uh, you know, I can clear some space for and do his work and I can clean up a little bit of his, uh, you know, get clean up and ride his coattails a little bit there and get some <laughs> oh. points in there as well, man. So oh, the first um, preseason game I saw you play in the big blue tent, I was like, how is this guy not in the NHL? You laid out like three guys. You took it to the nets. The fans were just going absolutely looney tunes, but you battled injuries that year too. But we'll get into all that crap later. So this is still how we know each other. Um, is I guess the last time I saw you would have been about the year after we're done. Um, I went to London for a concert and we we hooked up. That's right. I forgot about that one actually. That was uh, where was that? That was just like I don't even know if that bar's still there. Like it's it's it was right like by the London Knights Arena, right? Right. Yeah. What concert were you at then? Uh, Chris Stapleton with the brother-in-law. What a good, what a good concert, eh? Yeah. He's a, he's a performer. Yeah, that was a couple pints there, eh? Yeah, yeah, we warmed bit. up for that concert there, but that was literally the last time I saw you. And yeah. then uh, we had been, we texted like for at least a couple years out of hockey. And then uh, all of a sudden we weren't for a bit, but um, I had one more other, oh no, we'll get into that too. Um, so the, now it is because we had lost touch is where and what are you doing now? Because that's where I was. Yeah. Where and what are you doing now? Yeah, I kind of, uh, you know, picked up and left my hometown of London, Ontario. I guess I guess I stopped playing hockey first 
and uh you know i got settled in in london and you know i was writing my my dissertation at the time like you would have been doing it one single time and i'm like wow i'm not cut out for sitting in an office all day you know man like i don't know like i can't sit there and even just the concentration and i think you gave me the right like the only time things were flowing when I got a little bit of lubrication in there, how to get a little bit of wine, maybe a couple of beers going. I might've got a little bit of a hint from Wally on that one in terms of being, Hey, it gets everything better. If you just get it on paper and then you just get the editing done later. So that's how I kind of ended up doing my dissertation. And you got to get the words down. That's it. That's all that matters, man. Make it, and then it helps too. When I got, you know, a sister who's a doctor and, you know, pigs and in the uk who's got time to edit it and I look back at it again it's completely different but um no anyways i was writing my dissertation there and then in london and um, last time i talked to you you had just got a job as like a project manager or right because you oh, did right. your yeah. your mba in project management last time i saw you or talked to you i don't know if we actually saw each other but you were like i got a job as a project manager then the next time we talked you were out west so yeah what happens I was, there? I was way over my head in that project management position. I, I got this job, I don't know, some from a buddy at the gym. And I, I get there and like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. And it was, it was way over my head. And it was like, how, like building construction. So I can give you like a basic understanding of what you need to build a house. But when they were like, there was no training. They were like, here's your portfolio. No, go build a house. And I've got to, you know, gather all these, you know, contractors and subcontractors and sort this out myself. Safe to say it didn't last. I think I lasted like six weeks and I was like, I am not doing this anymore. And I got out of there. I actually think I just finished that exact actual course, which is not what we really took at our MBA. I just finished a <laughs> construction contractor management course yeah so that would be what you were doing there yeah that's interesting oh, yeah. <laughs> i forgot about that job and it was just so short-lived so, it, so it didn't so last long and then you decide to head out west so what are you doing out there and where yeah, are you I'm, yeah i picked up all my stuff and i was kind of you know putting around and i always wanted to get in the firefighting and i was trying to do it a little bit here and there in ontario but it, and then i was like you know what like i've moved around so much in my life and if i you know, if I have to come back one day and I've always loved it out here in Vancouver and I was like, I have to come back and just come back. So I kind of just packed my car up and I was like, I'm going to sort it out when I get there. And I moved out here and, and man, it just like, I moved out here. And then within like a couple of months, man, things just started clicking. Um, I got on with the fire department here in West Vancouver. So I live in Vancouver. Uh, so you just went I, out there. You just went, you just went, went. Yeah. And then another buddy kind of hooked me up with a, a job in the meantime, just coaching some like private lessons in hockey. Uh, to kind of get my foot in the door and I could kind of fully commit with uh, applying for the fire department. Uh, Brent Henley, he was, a, you might've remembered him in Nottingham, a big, big, big guy. He was like six, seven, six, eight, a good buddy of mine. So he's, he's still here. I got some buddies and my sister lives here. So I wasn't going in here completely blind. I knew a couple people, but um, it was obviously the lifestyle. And well, know, that's awesome, man. They really draw me out here. So, uh, so I got, you know, closest thing to being in the dressing room to, you know, is probably being around these guys at the fire hall. It's, uh, you know, so you are like, a firefighter now. You did it. I did it. Made it happen. Hey, cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, it's, uh, that, it's yeah. Like, I know how hard you worked, and that that's awesome, man. And it takes years and of dedication and like having all the stuff done. And I've seen people try to go through it, and there's people that give up and do something else. And man, well done. Good job. No, appreciate that, but you know, it's a 
they you know, love the gig and they you know what I mean. I think the best part about the job is just the camaraderie like you get in the dressing room, right? So um yeah, and it obviously is super rewarding at the same time too. So no, that's that's awesome. And I think uh that's actually another way. One part of being a hockey player I really enjoyed was like when especially being overseas was the main part, or like even in college was when people's family would come to town, like getting to know their families. Um, I did get to know your sister and I can't remember what we did, but she was there. Yeah. She came around, I don't know, probably around like my birthday or something, maybe around March before the playoff time. And, you know, she's, she's great. I mean, she's, she's, uh, she's actually an epidemiologist right now. So she's, sorry, what was job that? Is, uh, an, she's an epidemiologist. So that's a super, you know, in job right now, I guess, because it's, Ep- you know, Epi- epidemiology. What does that mean? So basically she's a researcher of infectious diseases. Oh dear. Well, that would be yeah. on, that would be on the, yeah, that would be yeah. on the upswing for job yeah. opportunities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, no, super straight girl and, uh, you know, but she likes to have a good time. So I'm sure you guys, you know, hit it off great as you know, I, know I, you I, and I her, forget what so. it was. I think, uh, I can't remember why we met. We all drove somewhere together and I don't know, we hung out quite a bit. Like I remember you coming to the playgrounds with me, with the kids. Like there were a couple of times where you were injured and I was injured and we go to the playground together with a beer too. And just like the the kids would, would play at the playground and we stand there and just have a couple of beers and like, yeah, sorry folks, if you don't like it, that's what we did. Couple roadies down to the Cardiff key, man. Just the only way you could do it. Right? And the kids loved it. You know, Colby was jumping off everything. I don't think he ever took off that Hulk costume. That guy was Hulk crazy. So, you know, anything that, uh, as long as we were in that, he was happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did. We did hit the bay a few times. Okay. Um, so we'll get into this now is uh, your minor hockey. You're from London, Ontario. I'd like to know from London to the Guelph storm. And because my research team is so thorough, it did say that uh, I think some point here you play with Drew Doughty in minor hockey and in the OHL. So maybe mix that in part of the story here on the way through. Yeah. Luckily, you know what? We had an unbelievable minor hockey team. Like we had, I think we, who, who, what do you have? We had something like 10 guys drafted the OHL that year. and We were running over teams and we had Doughty and Logan Couture on our team growing up in minor hockey. Yeah, for London, Ontario. A, London, Ontario, the London Junior Knights. So, you know, some pretty decent players to run. So it's pretty similar to the 83 Woolwich Township team of single A. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Who did they develop? Who did they bring? Uh, We had Weidman, Walton, Lackner, Hogg, and Bauman. I don't know if you've heard of all of them, but they're pretty big deals. There's there's some players out there, man. There's some (laughs) players in there. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so we ended up – so going in the draft year, I got drafted by – so Drew got drafted, I think it was like – fifth overall or something like that and I didn't really know where I was going to be drafted I was kind of thought it was between the second and third round and uh ended up going second round like very last pick to the same team as Drew to the Guelph Storm so uh you know I think uh playing on a team obviously benefits you a little bit I think you know I don't know if I would have been in the same position if I was playing for the Woolwich township of single a by myself right so um <laughs> but uh you know i was able to ri- you know ride those coattails and you know i don't think that's it i've seen you play you weren't riding any coattails <laughs> but i have anyway. i one thing i did notice about a trend in your career just you know we'll get into this but like 
you were a very late bloomer in the, the scoring touch area. But um, so then, okay, so you're playing with Drew and he gets drafted high. You both go to Guelph. But yeah. then I did see like your first season is like, what role are you playing? Because it looked like basically no points and quite a few pims. Yeah, it was early on, man. Like I was a, you know, big guy. I think I've been the same height since I was in grade nine, right? Like, you know, from a early age, I was Me like, too. <laughs> I was in, especially when you're like six, four and you're running over kids that are, you know, you know, five foot three and, you know, minor man, minor bit midget or whatever it is, right? You're going to get some looks. But then when you get up to the next level, you're still six, four, but you're not playing against those same guys anymore, right? So, you know, obviously the points dropped off. I'm not getting the same minutes as Drew's getting. We lived together, actually, me and Drew in our first year, too, and in uh, stability with the same family. So, obviously, we knew each other quite well, and we got in a good spot. But, uh, you know what, man, it was, it was kind of frustrating. You're not you're 16. You're not getting the same playing minutes of a guy that, you know, you grew up with. But, you know, seeing it now, you're like, man, I, you know, I had no, obviously, I didn't get the same minutes as Drew did. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was, um, yeah, I I like, did you go to the O and start game. fighting? Oh, yeah. I think, like, with it, I, I liked it. I was so, I, I was, like, I liked being, especially in a spot where I was a younger guy, you know, when I was fighting, like, overage or, like, 21-year-old guys and, you know, who, who I shouldn't be, you know, beating, but I was, right? And so then you I get the juices like flowing and then you want to do it again, especially at that age, eh? When you get the oh, crowd yeah. buzzing, too. Oh yeah. You get all, you get your first taste of it and the crowd's going and, you know, you're sitting in front of, you know, a big, you know, stellar crowd of, you know, in Guelph or whatever it is, 5,000 people. Right. And then you think it's great. And the atmosphere is going, you're helping out the guys, but then again, it really kind of, you know, pigeonholes you too. Right. So well, once you start doing it, like you, it's like, I've talked to many guys, like once you go down that path, it's hard to get out of it. It's hard to become, a skill guy again, because you'd have to put up a lot of points while doing it to start transitioning out of it. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened with me too. And um, I think it was like three and a half years there. I was with Guelph and I didn't put up barely any points. You know what I mean? And like, I don't even think I put up, I think all my majors were all, or all my mentors were just fighting majors because I wasn't on the ice long enough to even get a minor. Right. Like, you know, I was the guy who got it over the red line and I was getting benched if I didn't dump it into the corner and get off the ice. Right. So, um, yeah, I ended up playing three and a half years there and then ended up going to Guelph after or London. I got traded back to my hometown. Yeah, that, that was one of my notes was uh, trade. This is these are my notes traded to hometown hunters start scoring. <laughs> Those are my notes. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it, man. I, I owe everything into like my career and in, you know, whatever it was to those, those guys, they, uh, they developed me into a player and not even just developed me as a player, but gave me an opportunity. Right. And yeah. they see something in guys and their scouting is, you know, better than any other, you know, team in the OHL bar none. You didn't see by the, I still know, don't understand do how they do it. Right. If they're not paying people, like if you give up all these draft picks to get the best players in the league every year, how do you keep having draft picks to have the next best players to keep getting more? Like, I don't get how they still have draft picks every year, but Hey, they leave it to the hunters to figure out right i guess <laughs> i i don't pay attention to the ohl but i've never no. understood that <laughs> no they got like and then they, they, they get flyers too with like six and seven round guys who don't commit right and they get they get the guys who are already committed 
to like oh, they get the guys that wanted that thought they were going for a scholarship and then they flaunt their shit at them and then all of a sudden they're a london knight like patrick kane or whatever all the different exactly. guys patty maroon sam gagne like all these guys right like guys who came in and were going to school and they just well, you know yeah. bring them in for a game and see a ten thousand seat sellout you know arena and being like hey, it's like a it's like a mini nhl there and they treat like pros there too Right. And the coaching is good. And you see what they're pumping out there. Like their coaching is a big deal. Having good coaching and being ready for the next step and knowing how they're going to treat you and deal with you. Like I had no clue when I got there, like not a clue. It's uh, it makes all the difference in the world. And like you get a coach who, you know, sees something in you. That's that makes all the difference in the world. You propose to someone who sees you as, you know, you know, as the goon, the as the guy that, on the shoulder, yeah. which yeah. Uh, I've been many times before, but you know, I also, I didn't mind it either. Right. You just make advantage of it and you, you do what you got to do. And um, to me, you're just part of the team. Right. And I think that team be part of the team thing meant more than anything to me anyways. So. Oh man. I, yeah. I, yeah. You're bringing back memories when you say like you thrive on the crowds guy. Remember, after the Welsh national anthem there in Cardiff, like you literally would, you'd get the hair. You had long hair at the time (laughs) and you would fling the hair back, squirt it with water. And you could just see every woman in the arena just go. "Ah." And, and, and the guys were like, (laughs) Jesus Christ, what is he? Oh my. Yeah. And then it was like, and you're like, yeah, no, he, he, yeah, no, he's got the crowd buzzing. The crowd is buzzing. They like every night it was. And then, yeah, I was standing there with these watching him drink out of a McDonald's cup. (laughs) (laughs) Or just filling up a McDonald's cup full of chew the whole game. Right. Uh, Yeah. No. That was a strange year though. Cause you were a part of some of the weird stuff. Cause you were, you sat out for being injured quite a bit. Um, but moving on, um, we were in, uh, London. And so that's when you started scoring. I did. Yeah. I ended up, uh, stringing some, you know, getting up. I think after my, I played for half a year there. And then after the deadline, I, I went over there with like Tavares and Delzato and Kadri and John Carlson and, you know, Zach Ronaldo. Like we had a great team. We just, I was all on the same team. We uh we lost to that um that Windsor team who won it back to back years, so they were oh. a pretty good team too. But I you know I thought we were you know a little bit better than them, but you know I think it was more so goaltending that kind of I'm not putting anybody on the spot, but you can oh, research that self. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, that's like the guy that took two penalties in overtime in Germany on me. Oh, game man. game five of best of five but yeah no i understand um <laughs> so yeah you started scoring though and then uh like your team's winning which which gets guys places right because when teams win people start watching they're like well why is this team winning who's good on them like that's how it works um but going pro like um what's uh the options there so I was kind of going limited kind of going, where am I going to go to Western, play this, go to school route. And I had kind of committed to UWO, the Western, to play, go to school there. And then I'm like, well, I'm already going to San Jose's camp. So I'm going to go, I know, see that and, um, you know, get in there and then, you know, see what happens. I'm just going in. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not expecting so much. You're and just going for a tryout with San Jose? Yeah, just going. I signed like a 
or just like a, yeah, just a, a tryout agreement. Right. So you go in there not expecting much. And I, cause I think we had a couple guys drafted by San Jose at the time. And um, obviously they were at game. So I got invited to this camp and turned out I have a pretty good camp. So we had that mini camp out here in Penticton. That's actually quote here in BC where you, you know, playing against the, you know, Edmonton's and the, you know, Calgary's and the you know Vancouver's and I think I fought twice and I you know scored a couple goals and then uh, they actually invited me to sign like an American League East Coast deal yeah so I think I was kind of I signed like a PTO and I was kind of humming and hawing if I should uh, you know sign that and I was like, ah, you know, I go to school it's an EA you know AHL contract with an East Coast contract do I go to school and then I played one game with them and I think I lived in the hotel for like three months there in Worcester Mass. And I was up with the team in, in American league at the time. Cause that's where they wanted me. And, um, you know, I would have stayed there. I think like, you know, looking back at it now would probably have been the best thing for me to stay there. Um, but just so happened Anaheim was there at the same time and they got, you know, they get free rights to anybody who's a free agent. Right. So they offered that me that one way American hockey league deal. And of course, I'm going to jump all over that because I'm. Well, that's way different, man. When I when I got sent down to the coast and I wasn't making coast money, I felt like a real big dog, man. It felt great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And by the way, uh, I haven't mentioned my uh, sponsor today yet. Bayfield Brewing Company was. I just uh, drank a Snook Stout, which you probably know, Ryan O'Reilly, and um, I'm about to open a cabinet maker for the fans. So there you go. There you go. I yeah. like that. Nice little Bayfield. I think Bayfield has a brewery now, too. I like Bayfield. I got some family there. Yeah, man. It's a great spot. It's a fantastic spot. We just went there for our anniversary. It was awesome. Um, so, yeah. No, we should meet up for some pints there. Yeah. Anytime I'm back home, I'll be back home at some point once this whole disaster is done, right? Well, so. when you ever make it back, we should go there. Um, and we should also go to the Lonnie Kai for my 40th. Uh, birthday party in two and a half years just saying you know <laughs> yeah. so we'll get in yeah. I, I imagine you've been to the Lonnie guy before but uh, okay Many so times. you're in you uh you go to so Anaheim's with Syracuse at that point it's not Columbus anymore is that right yeah and I was with there in Syracuse and I've never ever been more like embarrassed for like being on a team and like honestly like I I don't even like I think I got dressed for almost every game and then they, but like, I never played. Like, I would just sit there and sit there and sit there. And there's a get one game in Charlotte, I think we were at. And like, man, I was the epitome of a grocery stick. I got, I think I got like 20 plus fights that year. And I'm fighting all those American League heavies. And, you know, you're, but you're like, you're getting out there. And that's and all old, you do. Right. And that's, that's all literally you do. all I did. And like for my, my year there, I had like I had John Morasti as a line mate for like half a year. And if you haven't looked up any John Morasti's fight, that's something to, to do as well. But I was sitting there on the bench and, you know, as I'm always doing, I'm just, you know, looking around, you know, just, you know, just no idea what's going on, but always ready to go. Just ready to waiting for that call. And um, I see a guy, he's like kind of like limping back his, his name was Maxine Mason. How he's like limping back to the bench. No, it was not a hurt, but he, was, he broke a blade. His escape, right? And then I get the tap on the shoulder. He goes salty, and I'm all fired up, right? So I go to hop over the boards, and I'm jumping. He goes sit the down, right? And grabs me. I'm like, he's like, I'm like, what? I thought you wanted me to go. He's like, no, take off your skates and give him the maxi. <laughs> I've never been more embarrassed to be on a hockey team. So, yeah. Th- so he did he take your skates and play with them? 
Well, like I tried, I was like, okay, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm doing my skates and yeah. actually like, Joe DePenta. I don't know if you know the name Joe DePenta. He was, I think he I have heard of that. Oh okay. man. No, but like the AHL is an absolute, it was a circus back then. Like it was, yeah. I, I, I guess it would have been the, I, I don't know when it changes the lockout. Like when I'm in Germany, I don't know because when I was there, it was an absolute like, yeah, I did the same thing as you though. Like I was on the fourth line and I would literally go on a bus all the way to Philadelphia from Syracuse and then I would sit on the fourth line and I played one shift one game. And I was like, well, yeah. wow, that was a long day to go to Philadelphia to play one shift. <laughs> and then I was like, well, was I supposed to fight when I went out there? I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. But yeah, yeah no, like um, uh, you, but you have the body that um, I guess back then when, when hockey players were fighting, like if you look like you do, I guess you have to fight, right? Yeah, essentially, you get kind of, again, like you pigeonholed in that role. And, you know, again, I, I fought a lot and, you know, I think you just, you, you end up being decent at it. And then you just get started getting asked every game and you're like, okay, I guess I got to do this. And it's, it's definitely like a gentleman's game as much as it doesn't seem like it. It's like, you know, I got to give one here to take one there. Right. It's like a lot of give and take in that sense. And, you know, maybe you don't want to fight, but like, you know, tomorrow I'm, I'm going to have to, if we're down, right. And, you know, trying to get a little spark for the guys. So it's even nights when you don't want it. And, you know, you're, you're just looking for like a little, little snoozy little night while playing your one shift and dumping it and getting it off. It's not going to happen. Right. So, Oh man, that sounds exhausting. So yeah, like I saw, I think you had like maybe an assist or I don't know. You didn't have many points, but would you have stayed in the same hotel? I would have in my stay that weird shaped one, like an octagon that goes like, in Syracuse would you have stayed in a hotel the whole year almost I got told I think I stayed there for a good six months and then like the last two months I was like hey you can go get a place now I'm like well what kind of place am I gonna yeah, get right? I, it was so, called the marks when I stayed there I think it was called but anyways was, intri- it was the same one yeah yeah weird 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 hotel okay anyways that was just a strange question um here we go <clears throat> now this is into my my type of the world is Two years with the Florida Everblades. And my first question, because it's the most popular spot on the pod. Have you ever been to the Lonnie Kai? Been to the Lonnie Kai many times, my friend. Yes, it's uh, Old Salty and the Lonnie Kai were uh, quite known to each other. I can't imagine (laughs) being able to go there with a body like yours. If I could go to the Lonnie Kai with a body like yours, I would have been there every day. (laughs) 20 years old or whatever age you were like yeah, man. it was uh it was a fun time we, we loved the lani kai there's any chance we could get to the beach we would yeah so did you live nearby there in florida yeah so i played with bobby uh bobby ray bobby, Me and bobby ray. ray were actually roommates in florida when we won the kelly cup over there so me and bobby knew each other quite well and um yeah, we lived, you know, 20 minute drive or something like that. It was pretty easy, you know, 20 minute drive to the rink. And, you know, we got free golf and free, you know what I mean? Like it was shorts and flip flops to the rink every single day. I love Florida. Oh, man. <laughs> what a spot that was. Like, the, yeah, like that arena, you got the outlet mall, you got, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Lonnie Kai. Yeah, no, it's, it's a cool spot. Yeah, I was a NARCH champion there and uh, <laughs> stayed there a couple other times, but um, that's pretty cool. So you guys did win it then, eh? Like you won the whole thing there. So you were there two years. Any 
what's the best memories of that place? I think just the guys we had a, you know, I think that's what you take away from any, you know, place you've played where you feel like you, you had the best time. It's always the guys. Right. And, um, yeah, I think just the relationships with those guys and some of the, you know, best buddies I've ever had were, were on that team, right? We were just such a close-knit group and, you know, every That's night. That's what wins, every, dude. Exactly. And uh, we ran over every team in the playoffs. And it's something we kind of clip, clicked in the last kind of quarter of the season. And I don't think we lost – we won, like, all our, our last 20 games. And then, you know, I think we lost two games in the rest of the playoffs in that, you know, the year when we just – and then winning it at home in Florida with a solo barn and, uh, um, and then, you know – brushier GM or an owner, um, you know, doing the little things to, for the guys to celebrate the right way afterwards too. Right. Wow. So would like, what, what does Fort Myers do for, um, a celebration? I guess you guys were at the Lonnie Kai, I guess that he or, or Bobby Ray already said that, right? Yeah. We ended up getting like a, like a weekend at the Lonnie Kai, just kind of like open bar, you know, all the food and, you know, guys were just, you know, I think just eating lobsters for, you know, breakfast because they could, right. And, uh, you know, brushy was fronting the bill. So, you know, after we're, you know, some guys are making their hundreds and hundreds of dollars a week. They were, you know, they were living the life for a, for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. They were itching <laughs> for it, man. <laughs> so actually, I think, I don't think I wrote this down, but, um, I just wrote Lonnie Kai question mark and beach body, which man, it would have been cool to go to that place with body like yours. Cause I was usually like <laughs> staying in the room, you know, in the shade <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, no little zinc on the nose and the, the, uh, <laughs> the fanny or what's it called? The fanny pack. Fan, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, um, I am a dad now, you know, I got a bit of a dad bod, but moving on. Um, that's when you really started scoring though. Was it the year you guys won it there? The first year you scored a little bit, but then the next year you like, you weren't like just a fighter anymore. You were like almost like a point a game player in the coast or something, were you? <laughs> I tried to turn it around. I tried to change my ways there. But like, that's pretty um, deep into your career to change your ways, right? Like you're your third year pro. Yeah. I think, I think I always considered myself a player first, but not every coach thought of me that way right so um you know it's right place right time um i like to think i'm you know i can kind of switch it on and off but you know it was always hard to kind of piece it all together at the same time too right so well for sure like it was like talking to hendo um the other day was when there's a conversation with the coaches and they're, they're the team meetings and you're thinking about the fight you're about to have like how do you think about scoring and the power play and all the different things when you have that other thing, right? Right. Oh yeah. It's, there's a lot going on, right? There's the mental game behind it all. And, you know, luckily in the coast, you know, there are some tough guys, but it's nothing like the American league where you had to grind it out day in, day out. And like, you're sweating each day. Cause you're on Saturday night, you got a week to prepare and you got, you know, you're lining up against, you know, you know, what was his name? Frankie Lassard in Binghamton or something like that. Right. And you're like, Oh God, man, like this is going to be a nightmare game. And he's just going to, and, and they're just Ruth. Like these are like heavyweights that went on to like the Quebec fighting league. Yeah. And well, that when I first went to the HL, like there were two lines of players and then maybe a couple on, maybe a player or two on the third line, but then it was abs like Syracuse had like, 
actually four to five heavyweights on their team. And then you're trying to find a spot for me. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it was, it was a different, uh, different game back then, but like, I thought it was actually way more entertaining if you just didn't get the actual mutants in and like ho- fighting was still fighting and you didn't just get it to that point that like it was actually dangerous, dangerous. But I really yeah, liked yeah. fighting and hockey. I thought it was awesome. And you know, body contact. You need it, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's I mean, you do need it. And I'm obviously going to be, you know, weighing on one side more than the other because I was always kind of that rule, but like, I'm on your side too, dude. (laughs) I can't, uh, I can't see a day where it would ever go away. I mean, it's, you know, wait till someone takes a run at Connor McDavid. There's going to be, that's going to be a change, different lineup, you know, completely different lineup when they play that team the next time. Right. So um, you would have thought by now, but like they really haven't gone that way yet. Like, but, um, there, they, there will be a shift at some point. I think it's gotten too soft. I think there'll be a shift. But anyways, you uh, did win it all. You love it there. and uh, But you do decide to leave. Um, what's the decision on going to the Nottingham Panthers? How do you leave um, the Fort Myers beaches and the Lonnie Kai to go to Nottingham? <laughs> I think at that time it was like, you know, the dream was over. I kind of bounced up and down from, you know, got a sniff here and there with, you know, American league team. And, but like, realistically, my home was in the coast. Right. And I was like, all right. You know what I mean? Like I got a couple more years left and I go play for some fun and enjoy my time, see some of the world. And I uh, luckily got hooked up with, uh, you know, Corey Nielsen at the time was the head coach there and he reached out and uh, it was kind of a quick decision. We kind of, you know, stopped and, I think it was within a week I was kind of on board and um, I loved it. And, you know, I was so excited, you know, never being over to Europe in my entire life being like, Oh man, maybe I'm a skilled guy. You know, I'm going to Europe now. <laughs> maybe I don't have to just dump it over the red line every chance I get it, you know? So, um, well, the one thing is, is like, there are a, like, there is a ton, a ton of, of fighters that go over there and say, geez, Maybe I don't have to fight so much. Maybe I'll just be a skill guy. And like they, they always thought they could be a skill guy. And there's some guys that go over there where I'm like, wow, you made billions play in the NHL. That's impressive because you suck at hockey. <laughs> um, but you came over there and you proved to everybody that like you were not just a fighter. Like you could play. Like you were putting up. So I had it on. I had it on the intro. 138 points in 140 um, elite league games. That's uh, for a guy that had fought basically his whole career until his last year in London and his last year in Florida. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's um, again, like I, you know, I credit at right place, right time. Right. And you get locked in with, you know, opportunity to, you know, be something that you think you are and um, or can be right. Um, you know, obviously it depends what level you're at. And, uh, but luckily I was able to play. I, I always thrived on the big ice. I mean, it's, I'm, I don't have such a quick start, but once the, once the, the, the train gets going, it, it moves. Right. So, um, you know, that's why I always kind of like the big ice and, um, I was able to do something about it once I got over there. 
Um, actually, yeah, I'm just, I just realized I really didn't play with you much, but I do remember you a couple times getting going. I was like, Jesus Murphy, <laughs> he is flying for a big boy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shifty 245. Eh? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, but I think it was your knee that started going on you. But anyways, um, I just wrote down my notes were point a game, 105 PIMS and, uh, challenge cup slash celebrations. So go wherever you want with that. Yeah. So, I mean, Challenge Cup, we won that Nottingham. So that was my first year. We had a good team. Again, we, but we feel like we had like a rotating door. And sometimes that's kind of how it happens over there. You know, guys get, you know, are getting over there. They have a great year and then they end up in Austria or, you know, guys are, you know, getting cut and, they, you know, just the team doesn't seem to stay. And um, But luckily we had a good team, um, but we didn't kind of, win the trophies that we wanted to win and we were kind of a dark horse um kind of everywhere we were we were kind of maybe like a fourth or you know fourth or fifth finish or something like that but um when it mattered we ended up winning that challenge cup we had that uh i think we were down like three goals in aggregate and then we ended up winning by so it wasn't a one game final no we ended up doing it was a two game aggregate it used to be at the time before uh i think it changed the next year well, folks, we're, you're going to have to – well, I guess I can explain that one is, folks, um, the U.K. League used to be even more effed up than it still is with the regular season champion being the winner, is that the Challenge Cup um, would be like soccer, where you play a home game and a road game for each team, and it's combined score. So if you're beating them for nothing, realistically, you got to play like the it's still – the whole so the next game starts it's for nothing and then it's whoever wins after that so you guys were down a few goals going into the final game right yeah and uh, i think we we're going like three or four goals we ended up winning by four goals and i think we actually won it in a shootout actually in nottingham because we went through the belfast lost got you know that might be the there. most european hockey victory ever <laughs> Oh, it was bizarre, but you know, winning anything at home, and I love my time in Nottingham too, man. But the whole aggregate thing's just completely backwards, like just. <laughs> oh, and then yeah, winning stuff in shootouts, yeah, no, I no, but like Nottingham seemed like an incredible place. I was there for the playoff weekend, uh, not as really a player, uh, more of a pregame speaker, but I was there, and it's <laughs> it's it like it is a cool city, Thor, right? Like, right? Thor, is that, is that really yeah, right? yeah, there's a few different <laughs> ones that year, they're well documented now, you know. I need, I need those back. Oh dear, they, you know what, they were pretty exciting. They really were. Um, but you guys also played in the Continental Cup that year. Where did you play? Where did you get to go? Where did we play first? We So actually we had to play, we were playing against some. Like, we had a tournament first. We had to qualify before the next tournament. Like you didn't even have to do this before because I think England has come a long way since we start, first started. So we had the tournament, we were held it there in Nottingham. And we were playing against a team from Holland. We were playing against the under 21 latvian team and then we were playing against a spanish team from spain so safe to say we ran over all three of those teams and then we qualified for the next one which was in asiago italy 
Yeah, no, I played in the Continental Cup. We hosted it in Denmark, and um, there was a round, like, before our group, and the UK used to be in it. And, like, to think about how far the UK has come from being not even in the 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 real round of the Continental Cup to now being in the Champions Hockey League and being in video games is just ridiculous. And I'm so happy to see those guys like on TV, you know, you played with and bouncy shutting the the door with his terrible tramp stamp. (laughs) That's it, man. It's, uh, but it's so good to see those guys obviously didn't have the same kind of opportunity we had here in terms of, you know, exposure and and seeing what they they're able to do with it over there, man. It's, uh, it's great to see. Oh yeah. So congratulations to Bouncy who just signed a deal in Slovakia and also to former Potter Stephen Dixon um, for signing back with the Devils and future Potter Sam Duggan, which I met also over there. But hey, so cheers to all them for new contracts because it's cool when you get to play another year because it's fun. Um, but anyways, um, moving on. So Continental Cup, though, you did make it through that round. What happened the next the next round? Uh, so then we ended up in Asiago. So we played against, I think, was it a VHL team? Is that like second league Russia? Second, second league Russia, and I think we like I think we beat them. I think we beat. They're, they'd uh, be good. They'd they be talented, good. but not structured. Yeah, they were. I think they were like a Kazakh team from Kazakhstan, and and they were they were flying. No, no, no. It was a VHL team, then a Kazakh team from the like that. Because the Kazakh league, isn't there? Oh man, I I'll never forget the practice I watched when we were in the Continental Cup in Denmark. There was a team like from that league, or it's from the Kazakh league and i believe they were the team that moved on but they were practicing in our arena so i watched it and like these guys like nobody smiled nobody like scored a goal and had fun nobody like celebrated a goal like they were they were just practicing (laughs) just a bunch of robots man that's it was nuts man like to see it compared to what I am and compared to how I played the game, it was like watching them. I was like, wow, I could have never gone over there. <laughs> no chance. They had like 8 PM curfew. They're like not allowed to have a beer. Like you're getting like blood tested, like before practice there, like I, they heard some nightmare stories, but yeah, no, uh... I'll never forget that practice watching those guys. Like they, they looked miserable and they were at work playing hockey. And I was like, that just is not what I'm about. So my question is, though, this is one I'm very interested in, is because you have a great year in Nottingham. You show you can score. You finally get a good roll. You win the Challenge Cup, but you leave. I do. Um, I ended up uh, signing with Brayhead. They're the Glasgow clan is what they're called now. And um, I loved it there, man. I loved the people. I loved the team. I loved everything about Glasgow was unbelievable. And, you know, if I were to live anywhere else other than Vancouver, I'd probably live in like Glasgow. And I loved it there. And, um, but I think it was cause I have a really close buddy I played with Scott Arson and uh, he was from my D-man. hometown. D-man, D-man number six. That's right. So he's Left from hand Mut- shot. Yeah. Good player. Yeah. He was, uh, we played for the Knights together. 
and we're from our same hometown. We had both played minor hockey in, the, in London and um, he signs there and, uh, you know, I'll just go play with my buddy, you know, at that time, you know, I didn't really care because, you know, I was just going to go play with my friends and, you know, have some fun. So I ended up going up to Glasgow and, you know, having probably the best year of my, you know, best year of my whole career. Oh, for there. sure. For sure. You did. You were on that line and, um, um, yeah, I guess I'm going to say it right now is you had that incredible year and you loved it there so much and you didn't want to leave and Lordo wanted you so bad. Like he wanted you so bad that like, I don't know what he's like with other players, but like, it was weird because Hoth and I, this is when he's first getting into coaching and you know, he's learning. He probably doesn't show anybody his, uh, excitement levels on signing a player anymore but Hoth and I were doing the NBA and we were still there writing our papers and the rest of the team's gone and then all of a sudden one night it's the night we're like done classes and we just got to write our paper yet I think we're done the classes it's all over and like we can move home or whatever is the same night you sign with the Cardiff Devils and (laughs) Hoth, Lordo, and myself hit the town because we're done school, and Lordo signs salty. And holy moly, I've never seen a guy so <laughs> jacked up about anything. It was nuts. <laughs> so thank you for a great night out in Cardiff. I, um, you probably didn't know about that, but it was a fantastic night out. Yeah, I'm happy to help in every, any sense I could there, buddy. Yeah, man. So he did pry too. you away from there. Um, but you had that line, right? You were, you had a line that was just great. Yeah. We kind of got paired like just before Christmas. And, uh, since then we were kind of, you know, felt like every time we we're in the ice, we were getting a goal. It was just one of those things we, we gelled well together. That was uh, Matthew Keith and, uh, Stefan Meyer. Right. Num- number yeah. 10 played yeah. in second league Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I remember and I'm, I'm going to bring it up now because now I get it more. I get it way more. When I was playing with you for like my four games or five games and they started setting up a power play, which it wasn't working. It was like Kirka and me and you and I don't know who else was on it, but like Kirka was running a half wall and I was confused where I should be and yeah. you were standing in front And I remember us talking and you were like, man, I've worked so hard, like my whole career to not just stand in front of the net. And then when I looked at your resume today and I looked at what you had done and like I saw what you did in Brayhead and then you come to Cardiff and I was like, I totally get why that guy would be perturbed with just standing in front (laughs) because he went from scoring zero points in the OHL to then by his fourth year getting points. Then he goes through pro to becoming a scorer. Then he becomes an elite scorer, like a second all-star team where Lordo's going out on the town. And then you didn't really, you didn't, you wanted the puck more and you wanted to make plays more. And that power play was messed up while I was around because I was a righty. Kirka was a lefty. And I just remember the whole thing wasn't working. And I was like, I don't know where this is going for the year. But then I was done. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it didn't really click again. Like my time at Cardiff, I, 
I wasn't the best player I could be. I knew that. Like, you know what I mean? I was riddled with injury. I liked the, all the guys there. Uh, I had some other shit going on and um, just, you know, from a personal standpoint. And, and you uh, can't play yeah. hockey good when that stuff's going on, right? No, I was, uh, I was battling. Like, I was like, I, I had a full out panic attack. You know what I mean? As much as I didn't agree with, you know, Lordo's hockey and, and, you know, how he used me and, you know, how I didn't agree with him, that stuff, man, like that guy helped me out beyond belief from a personal level. And, um, like I, I struggled with some stuff during that year and, um, I had a full panic attack where I couldn't leave my room. It was the weirdest thing. I think it was just like anxiety of knowing it was my last year and taking What's on school and, and, yeah. and then not playing hockey correctly and battling injuries. And, you know, Lordo, you know, was very, you know, great in that situation, but, um, you know, all that stuff that I'll never forget, you know, I, there was a, it was a weird time. And, um, but again, like I, I was, I was completely there for, you know, school and the next step of my life. And, you know, I wish my hockey was a little bit better, but um, again, I can credit that to maybe a little injuries and, you know, maybe not being utilized in the way that I thought I should have been. So. Yeah. Well, and that happens for a lot of guys not getting utilized, but I guess I did kind of skip over Brayhead a bit because you guys were incredible that year and you guys almost like won it because we almost won it. It was like us, you guys, and yeah. And you guys or Sheffield us and you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you guys blew it. I think worse than we blew it. Right. Oh yeah. We, we were awful. We lost on a, a game to Edinburgh. Yeah, like you guys should have won it. I think you guys were supposed to win it. Oh, yeah. We lost to Edinburgh. I think we outshot them. Like, I think we had like 70 shots on that and lost 2 1 or something like that. Uh, Playing in that rink, it just can happen. eh? You just can feel it happening. (laughs) It was super unlucky, but um, no, it was, uh, you know, it was happens meant to happen, right? And you guys were just as close, too, right? You guys were two points away. We were one point away. And, you know, granted, we probably should have had the best bet because we had the easiest schedule. But, um, yeah, Sheffield, the last team. It was, I really hope anybody but them. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, here's – so, yeah, that year sucked. We both, both teams lost. But then we both end up in Cardiff. doesn't last long. But you do do your MBA. And uh, – I think I did. I might. Did I help you out with anything that year? I think I remember us talking about it. The Met. Oh man, I'm sure you helped me out with a lot. I was going on anybody. I was reaching for resources from any angle. I hadn't been to school since grade. You were college. nervous. Yeah, you were nervous. Oh man, and that was that's what triggered like all it, the anxiety. I was nervous too, man. It was it was hard though. Like it, it, but then once you got into the groove and once you realized what you had to do and how to do it, because like school over there is different, right? Like you have to write like all the different bullshit at the end of like the references and all the where you got it from and it's like you know remember you know what i'm talking about oh yeah it was uh it was a weird way of writing and like i don't know man i could i still wrote my name in crayon probably at the same time you know <laughs> what i mean like i was like i i didn't know how to turn on a computer like i learned a lot last year there that year in terms of like just you know general adultness <laughs> so did i man like so did i like i i had had colby and then zoe came along and then that year taught me like what you got to do like you you got to go like, you got to wake up and go like you don't and <clears throat> now that's what i do like my kids just went to bed like and i'm 
it's, you just got to keep going, man. Right. Yeah. You just find a way and you know, you, you can continue on this rally, but you're going to be up at the same time. Right. So, um, that's, that's being a dad. I'm not gonna oh man. It's, the, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I don't know, man. Like I hanging out with my kids is like the funnest time I have. And, uh, but anyways, okay, here we go. Where are we? We we are in Cardiff. I think we were doing the MBA. You got through it. You did it. Yeah, yeah. I ended up doing it, man. But again, literally without. I I was gonna try to tell a story about Pigsy actually, and uh, you know, like how my injuries like had happened this year. I don't know if you remember the story. How uh, so? It was probably like the first like month or two into the season, and I took a slap shot right off the toe, my pinky toe. And I broke, I broke it, like just shattered it. Like it was just mush on the end of my foot. And I couldn't, I couldn't put a shoe on. I was like walking in flip-flops in, you know, November. Cause I couldn't put anything on it. I couldn't I remember put my, that. My I remember that. It was just the most extreme amount of pain. So in the thing, and you would only play, put on the skate when you would play and you would actually play games like that. I remember that. I would skip practices. And then like before, like I got away for a couple of weeks and when a doctor would be there, right. So the doctor would be there only for games. So in the UK, there's no ever doctors there for practice. So I could only freeze it then. So now Lordo gets in his head. He's like, Hey, we got to start practicing at least a day before the game. I'm like, man, I can't get my boot, my foot in my boot. He's like, don't worry. I got an idea. So he gets Pigsy to steal some freezing from the, I'm sorry, allegedly steal some freezing from the, from the hospital and Luke Piggott, who don't know, he was at the time, he's lead researcher for, you know, you know, breast cancer at the time. So he's sitting in his lab injecting rats all day. So they're like, you know, who's the most qualified to inject your toe? Luke Piggott. <laughs> so they actually, he would freeze my toe every day to like allow to me to practice, practice, to practice, to practice, to practice in the UK hockey league. Exactly. So thank Luke Piggott for freezing my toe. And, episode yeah, one and uh, with Carl Hudson, I don't know what episode that one was. There's been a lot lately, folks. Um, just so you know, we're flooding the market. We're fudging the numbers. We're going to see if we could be number one just for one week, folks. I booked another one tomorrow. It's full oh, go. That's yeah, it, full we're doing go. five in a week. Fuck them all. <laughs> Chris Blight tomorrow, Cardiff Devils fans. I know there's an army of 60 or 70 of you listening every day. If you guys got it, you know what? You know what, though, Salters? Um, this is the real reason why I started flooring it. It was like, I obviously have my ideas in my head of like being number one in the UK for a week and doing locals week and that stuff. But when I started doing this, I was like, I don't know, 15 episodes in. And I was like, Oh, I'm just going to do like one a week. I'm just going to slow down because whatever. But then I realized like, I don't want to slow down. Cause I really enjoy this. This is the most fun I have all week is talking to my friends and getting to be me. But then <laughs> I've had two people write to me that would like, they said during this time, listening to me shoot the shit with my buddies was good for their mental health and i was like well you tell me that i'll fucking floor it for you buddy i will fucking put one out every other day like i if yeah. you tell me that how am i gonna stop like yeah 
Absolutely. It's tough to do, right? But like, so we're going to floor it. And then I hope I can take a break for a while, but it's too much fun. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Like, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're crushing it out here. And I enjoy listening. And I know clearly a lot of other people over there do as well. Uh, well, man, I, I just like, I think it's so great that like all my old friends will come on. Like, it's, it just, it means the world to me. And like, we haven't talked since for so long and like we were tight. We were going to the Bay, like all the time for a yeah. beer, a coffee, whatever it was going yeah, for yeah. a walk with the kids. Like, I don't know. It's just, and then all of a sudden you go elsewhere and then you just never talk again. That's what hockey was. And I just, I'm glad it's all coming back. Yeah. Thank God. It's uh, it's great seeing thing to see too. Right. I mean, you pick up pretty much where you left off. We got stories and they bring them up, right? You bring up these stories that you forget about. And but you said a few things today that I've already forgot about, right? And that might be due to all the punches in the head I've taken over the years. But it's, uh, um, you know, it's good to hear, you know, kind of the flashbacks. Okay. Well, I got a couple random questions, before, like, because we haven't even been going that long and I got some more stuff here. So one of the main things here for you, um, is what is it like? Cause I've played with other guys that have been through it. What is it like playing with diabetes? Oh, here's the big question. Eh? Well, uh, we'll get into it late night here. We'll get yeah. into it late night when we're getting deep. Yeah. It's, um, honestly, I got diagnosed at six years old. So, um, it's, you know, pretty much was just second nature to me. Obviously I got a, you know, you know, take my blood test in between shifts or in between periods and, you know, maybe take a needle during the game to, you know, level up my blood sugars if it's too high or keep a Gatorade on the bench if I need a little bit of boost. Um, but again, like, you know, as much as a pain in the ass it is, it's, it's, um, I was always a big advocate of never using it as an excuse because it's, you know, it's nothing that should be able to hold you back. And, you know, it's, and you're seeing more and more people you know, go on and play pro hockey with this, you know, like the Max Domi's and, you know, whoever else is out there and uh, former London Knight as well. He, um, you know, it's, it's great to see, right. It's especially from a young kid. And I was always trying to, you know, get in there to, you know, talk to young kids and do what I can in that aspect, because, um, you know, I know when I was a young kid diagnosed too, like, you know, the amount of like, outreach from former players like Nick Boynton at the time, right. That were, uh, you know, would write me letters because I knew somebody who he knew and, and he would, you know, be that guy for me. Right. So, um, it goes a long way, especially from a kid who, you know, recently gets diagnosed to thinks he can't, he can't do it because, you know, he's, he's got this now. Right. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, about just not using the excuse and, you know, you know, following her dreams, I guess, right? I didn't make it, you know, very far, but I, you know, in terms of things, I had a pretty good go. And I think about, you know, I, I deserved where I ended up to be, right? I, you know, I have no regrets about, you know, not making the NHL. I, I'm happy with the career I made and, you know, the friendships I made. And, uh, but I can honestly say that the diabetes never helped me back, right? Well, no, and that's awesome, man. Not making excuses for shit and just giving her, like, that's the way it should be. There's, a lot of excuses these oh, yeah. days, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I remember seeing you do it. And like, I had a childhood friend that like, I remember the first time I was ever around diabetes was actually at a cottage just down the road here was 
like a buddy slept over who's like younger and then he wakes up in the morning and he was like a completely different person and I was like I couldn't talk to him he was acting weird and I was like I don't know what to do so I got my parents and then they're then we had to go get his parents and like well you just got to give him a cracker or whatever and then he was back to normal and it was like well what the hell was that and I had never been around it and then Mm -hmm. like it seemed like that like things advanced and things were better with everybody right that doubt deals with it nowadays right absolutely I think there's it's been a long long road and I think when I got diagnosed they were like you know, 10 years away from, uh, you know, a cure. And now it's, you know, 10 years away after that. And there keeps being, you know, all this whole thing, but just in terms of like, you know, what things to eat and how to manage it better. You know, they've learned a lot, you know, from London, Ontario, actually the insulin was discovered. If anybody's been down Adelaide street it was the, the, the flame of hope. It's uh, that's why they have the diabetes. <laughs> so they think if, when that gets extinguished, that's when diabetes is cured. Oh my God. Um, yeah, no, like I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that's like. That's why I had to ask about it. Um, yeah. Like, you know, there, like for what you did in your career, man, like, and you got an MBA. So what, I can't remember. What did you, Oh, you're a firefighter now too. And you did all that. Like, man, like the one thing I would say, I told you this earlier was that when it comes to like seeing people and seeing how healthy they are. And like, I think a lot of times that has to do with their mental health. Like you look happy, you look healthy, you look like you're doing what you should be doing right now, man. You look, you look like you're doing good. Yeah, man. I'm super happy. And like, I mean, like I got, I'm on vacation here right now. I mean, you can't leave anywhere, but I spent the day at the beach here in Vancouver and you know, you're kind of stuck here, but um, uh, it's super easy, you know, just to, you know, enjoy yourself out here. Um, but at the same time, I, I bless a lot about that with just, you know, the people I surround myself with and, you know, you know, day-to-day life. So, well, man, like when back when we should have been line mates and I would have been really curious to see how it would have really worked. I think, I think the whole game plan was me, you and Herb the perf as the third line. (laughs) That would have been great, man. You guys, a couple of water bugs, bug it, buzz them beside me. (laughs) But like, it never did work out. And, um, but like we did, become friends and we we spent the year together and how close you got with my kids and you'd come to the playground with me you'd hang out with me like there's a lot of dudes in hockey especially younger ones or whoever that you have kids they're like I got I I'm not going near it I'm not coming but like that year man I'd have seven eight different guys that want to hang out with me even though I have the kids with me like it, it made it so much fun, even though I was going through a, I guess, a dark time, you know? Yeah, man, I felt so bad for you that year too, right? That's No one wants to leave the game that way, and, and especially the way you love the game and the way you played the game. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a shitty, shitty way to, you know, see a buddy go out of the, the game like that, right? So 
Well, uh, I'm not out of the game, buddy. I'm back. Don't worry about it. You're back. All good. You're it's all you're good. It's yeah. going. Nice yeah. one, man. Yeah, fuck. Is it? We're all good. We're fine. Good, buddy. Um, well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Do you got anything else for me before we shut it down? I'm good, buddy. And thanks for, for just kind of bringing me on. And, you know, just good to see it, right? I mean, oh, man. Yeah, and if nobody watches this, I'm happy I got to catch up with you. And, um, Nobody watches this. We're gonna be number one in the UK number this one. week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if yeah. I gotta even if I gotta do five a days, we're gonna be number yeah. one in the UK, folks. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Okay. Nice one, we got buddy. a goal. But um, thank you so much. And like literally, um I didn't really get to talk about this much on the podcast, folks, but like that 2015-16 season, my wife would tell me about it. She'd say the girls would get together. And like, they just couldn't even get their shit together. They would just talk about this guy that would spray his hair with water, flip his hair in the air, skate around. Then he'd be holding my daughter, like the nicest guy in the world. And they just, they just couldn't contain themselves. And I understand it. I totally get it. And then I hear he's been at the Lonnie Kai with his top off. And I'm like, I can't imagine that time of his life because I've never had any of those times in my life. I've always been five, eight and out of shape. And I tell you, it's just, it's been great to catch up with you and just get to know what the other side of the shoe looks like. Yeah, buddy. It was, uh, it was great catching up, man. Hey, and that has been another episode of two ales and hockey tales with salty Wally and Zoe. Some people clap on the one and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm trying to go back.